This year, more than a million Americans will be diagnosed with kidney stones, a sometimes painful urologic condition that can be caused by a number of factors, including diet, fluid intake, and some underlying medical conditions. I'm Dr. Charles Welliver, Associate Professor of Surgery, Division of Urology at Albany Medical College in Albany, New York, and a member of AOA's Public Media Committee. We are here today to talk about two new studies being presented this month as part of the American Urologic Association's virtual experience. I'll let our guests introduce themselves. Dr. Kaufman, would you like to go first? Oh, hi. My name is Jason Kaufman. Um, I'm a second-year medical student um, at Penn, um, and my research was on the impact of climate change on kidney stone incidents in South Carolina. Hi, I'm Fontaine Prasanchaimundi. I'm a urologist from Raspberry Hospital, Thailand. I do research with Dr. Morga at Kipland Clinic. We study about the predictive factors for kidney stone recurrence in type 2 diabetes patients. In the United States, the Deep South has often been called the stone belt, quote-unquote. This could be related to a variety of factors, and we think that hotter climate is certainly contributory. Dr. Kaufman, your study focuses specifically on climate change and the kidney stone risk in a South Carolina population. Can you tell us a little bit about your abstract, what prompted your hypothesis, and uh, can you summarize the study uh, findings also, please? Yeah, so there's been a lot of work to date on the impact of climate on kidney stone disease, um, and it's been shown that in the short time period after a high heat or humidity event, um, there's a greater incidence of kidney stone disease presentations um, in emergency departments. So what my research looked at was just one state within the kidney stone belt, as you mentioned, South Carolina, which already has a high burden of kidney stone disease. And what we did was we did a time series analysis um, looking at historical data of climate and kidney stone presentations to figure out the coefficient of risks associated with various temperatures and humidity levels. Um, specifically, we used wet bulb temperature as the primary heat metric. Um, my mentor, Dr. Greg Tajan at CHOP, um, has done research showing that wet bulb temperature is one of the best predictors of kidney stone presentation as far as climate metrics go. And wet bulb temperature combines both heat and humidity. Um, so on a day that's 100% humid, wet bulb temperature will reflect the same temperature that you and I would normally talk about, which is the dry bulb temperature. Um, and any humidity level lower than that, the wet bulb temperature would be slightly lower. Um, so looking at um, the past, uh, past climate and kidney stone presentations, we found that roughly above 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit of a wet bulb temperature, there's an increased risk uh, of climate change, an increased incidence of climate change presentation. So what we did was we mapped those coefficients onto um, projections of wet bulb temperature over the next century, so up to 2090, to figure out you know, how many uh, kidney stones we might be expecting um, given high heat and humidity events that, uh, in the future. Um, and I can also say we looked at two different models of climate change, essentially. One was basically business as usual, worst case scenario of continued high greenhouse gas emissions. And what, and what we found under that model was um, uh, a total increase uh, of about 8,700 kidney stones um, from now to 2090, um, and an associated cost of about $83 million. Um, looking at a more conservative estimate of climate change, um, one that would have pretty serious uh, greenhouse gas mitigation efforts. Um, we're still looking at an increased number, um, given the fact that we've already had, you know, we're already on this trajectory of increased heat and humidity in the future. Um, so in the more conservative estimate, we found an increase of 3,700 total, uh, total kidney stone presentations within the state of South Carolina from now to 2090. So along those lines, and if I'm reading this right, 
by 2085, we'd be predicting an additional 500 to 1300 kidney stones per year in South Carolina. Am I, am I doing that math right? Oh, actually, that was uh, the numbers I was giving you were total numbers. Um, right, right. So per year, yeah, exactly. Per year, we're looking at under the, the um, business as usual scenario, we're looking at about 500 to 1000 uh, excess cases of kidney stone disease. All right, great. Thanks. And uh, so we know that kidney stones have been linked to a variety of metabolic conditions. Dr. Prasen Chamantri, your paper focuses specifically on stone recurrence in diabetics. Can you tell us a little bit more about this study? Yeah, as we know that the presence and severity of diabetes are associated with kidney stone disease. However, the factors related to stone recurrence in diabetes patients has not been established. In this study, we aim to determine the predictive factors for stone recurrence in diabetes patients. We conduct a cross-sectional analysis of stone recurrence between 2013 to 2019 using our database. And there were 1,617 type 2 diabetes patients with kidney stone disease. 23% had a stone recurrence. Of these patients, 40% had a symptomatic stone, 43% visited emergency department, and 45% required surgical intervention. Median time to recurrence was 54 months. Uh, from multivariable logistic regression, we found that higher hemoglobin A1C levels, calcium oxalate, and uric acid stone composition are risk factors for stone recurrence. To be more specific, for each point at in hemoglobin A1C level, a stone recurrence increased around 10%. Calcium oxalate and uric acid stone formers had approximately two times a greater risk of stone recurrence. In contrast, older age, insulin therapy, and higher urine pH are protective factors. A stone recurrence decreased by 20% in each point increase in urine pH and 40% in diabetes patients using insulin therapy. In conclusion, the stone composition and insulin therapy are strong predictors for stone recurrence in diabetes patients, while hemoglobin A1C level and urine pH are modifiable factors. So, good glycemic control and urine alkalinization should be considered for recurrent stone prevention in diabetes patients. Great. Thank you for that nice summary. I just have a few questions for both the authors. Uh, we'll start with uh, Dr. Kaufman. What should urologists uh, need? What should we take away from this paper or from your paper? So I think the important thing to take away is that um, climate change is going to have serious impacts on human health, um, not just in the ways that are more easily, um, you know, to grasp. Um, we talk a lot about the spread of infectious disease with warming climate. Um, but many people might not think about kidney disease um, when they think about how human health will be affected by climate change. Um, so I think it's just important to um, understand and notice these multiple perspectives on the threat that climate change will have on human health. 
Um, and as health professionals, uh, we should be aware of these threats um, when we're talking and dealing with our patients um, and the future of our fields, um, and also speak up, speak up about these threats um, to our colleagues in our different fields. Great. Would our other author like to uh, give a good takeaway from their paper? Kidney stone and diabetes is the economic burden for healthcare system. And from our study, we found that hemoglobin A1C and urine pH are modifiable risk factors. So, uh, a takeaway method is a good glycemic control and during alkalinization should be considered for the prevention. Great. What other plans uh, do you both have to further develop these studies? Um, what do you think we need to potentially examine further or where would you like to take your studies from here? So um, I think, of course, um, it would be interesting to look at uh, estimates uh, across the country. My study only looked at one state, which um, made it a little bit uh, easier to focus on, you know, the, the time series relationship that we saw. Um, but there has been work done that has shown that there's actually a different relationship between temperature and kidney stone presentations in different cities. Um, a lot of that probably has to do with population level adaptation. So, you know, areas that have a more consistent climate, um, people might treat hotter days differently than in an area that has, you know, colder winters and summers of high heat and humidity. Um, similarly now with the COVID pandemic, I think this is a really interesting time to be thinking about the effects that weather and climate have on transmission. Um, since we're already seeing um, through some modeling efforts that um, temperature could potentially have an impact on the spread of coronavirus, um, which is going to have implications for, you know, how we face this pandemic in the coming months as our country starts to warm up. For, for my study, um, most of our patients in our study means the stone analysis and 24-hour urine testing. Uh, so the first prospective study may be required to better identify the other interesting predictive factors such as a 24-hour urine parameter uh, and, and the recurrent stone in diabetes. Yeah, Jason, I actually had a question. How did you guys choose South Carolina as uh, your data set for your study? Uh, we chose it uh, because South Carolina does a really great job of capturing its um, you know, health data. Um, the state captures all, um, in our case, we were interested in emergency department visits and surgeries related to kidney stones. Um, so having that really strong data set made it a, a, you know, just an easy state to work with, um, sort of doing these population-wide studies. All right, one last question for Jason. Let's say I don't believe in, in climate change. Does your study still apply to me? I would say uh, <laughs> whether or not you believe in human-driven climate change, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, average temperatures are rising, um, and there's pretty good consensus that temperatures will be rising in the future. Um, and even not, you know, even on a, just a yearly level, it's still important to know that um, with hotter and more humid days in the summer, uh, it's important to, you know, think about drinking water and staying hydrated to uh, protect yourself from kidney stone disease and other morbidities. Well, thank you for a good answer to uh, a silly question. But thank you both authors for uh, participating. Uh, thank you for being part of this and submitting uh, these to the AUA. And I hope to see you guys at some future meetings. Thank you. Okay, thank you. That's a well-reversed. Bye-bye.